Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Frog and the Dragon podcast, your source for all things limited and cute magic. I'm your host, Rupert Fagen, sending you greetings from lovely Germany. And as usual, I'm joined by my friend Ben Gilfoyle. From how are we far, doing? Far away. From someplace far, far away. Yes, how are we doing? Yes, Mr. Gilfoyle, how are we doing? Do you know We're... what happened this week? What happens this week? This week, Kaldheim releases. That on the one thing. Uh, on the other hand, we also just finished spoiler season for just the sat you named. <laughs> Indeed. So, so yeah, um, yeah, time to take a look at it. With, yeah, absolutely. No other choice. Um, but yeah, first of all, Kaldheim. Uh, what's that set all about? Yeah, so Kaldheim is magic's answer to Viking mythology, I suppose. So you've got, <laughs> if you're into your sort of Scandinavian folklore and that, you can expect to see that in Kaldheim. Set mm. itself will come out on Arena and Magic Online on the 28th of January. Pre-release will happen on the 29th to the 4th of February. Sorry, 29th of January to the 4th of February. And then it drops mm. everywhere else on the 5th of February. So, yeah, it's coming very soon. And with the set fully out, we decided we'd give you a few bits of insight. What we think might be good, what might be bad. And just what to expect out of the set if you just haven't kept up with the spoilers. So... Yeah. Just beforehand, some mechanics and themes that mm. um, will be quite common in the set and that we want to go over are uh, with you. With uh, And we're just starting with basically one of the new ones, um, and that's Fortell. Yep. So, so what's that Fortell do? is basically um, the lost child of Morph and <laughs> Venture. Um, you're still exiling things, um, and you're exiling them face down. But in detail, let me read that out for you. Any time during your turn, you can pay two colorless and exile, uh, well, two generic, sorry, and exile a card with Fortel face down. Then on a future turn, you can cast that card from exile by paying the Fortel cost, usually a reduced cost. The mana cost listed as part of the Fortel keyword, rather than paying its actual mana cost, yeah, as I said. Um, so. so Really interesting. You can get some nice tempo advantage with this, where, mm -hmm. um, like we said, often a foretell cost will be less than its full casting cost. So you mm -hmm. might have a five drop that you foretell for two, and then you can play it turn four for its foretell cost. Exactly. I'll oh, get to some specific. Games, we'll get to some specifics uh, <laughs> later on, but um, just some notes on foretell. You mm -hmm. cannot foretell a card and then cast it in the same turn. You have exactly. to foretell, then cast. So it's not mm -hmm. like adventure where you can cast the instant part of it and then the creature part of it. No, no, you must, you know, do it in separate turns. Mm -hmm. uh, second thing is that it's regular timing. You, you know, if it's an instant, sure, cast it whenever. But if it's a creature, it has to come out when you could cast a creature. And this is a rule for sort of any of you playing in a competitive environment. Um, mm -hmm. Any cards that you foretell but don't reveal, you choose not to cast, you have to reveal them at the end of the game. This yeah. is part of competitive rulings, in a sense, where your opponent, you need to verify to your opponent, essentially, that, hey, I foretold this card. I wasn't lying when I face down exiled this card. Yeah. Um, it's the same rule that happened when Morph was a thing. If any of you were around for that mechanic, you, put a, you play a card face down as a 2-2. At the end of the game, you have to reveal it to say, hey, I wasn't lying. This really is a card that has the Morph ability. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. If any of you are playing in game stores, you don't want someone calling you out being like, oh, he's cheating. Like, even if you were being dead honest, it's, you know, you get people who like calling you up on rules being a bit 
um, what else have we got yeah. in the set, Rupert? So yeah, um, this being a set that's focused on uh, Viking themes and so on, um, we're also expecting to see a lot of tribe and tribal stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, on the one side, that means that, um, as I said, we will have uh, some tribes that will profit from heavy tribal synergies. We got dwarves, we got angels, we got zombies, and so on and so on. Um, and in addition to these usual tribal payoffs, um, there are also quite a lot of cards that um, reward you for playing creatures of a common creature type. Uh, those cards are usually modal in the sense that they have a basic ability, a basic effect that's then getting, uh, giving you a better version uh, if you control two or more creatures that will come yeah. into. It's that kind of like it's kind of it's kind of like how in um, Throne of Eldraine we had that theme of for each non-human you control. All right, so next mechanic we kind of want to spotlight here is boast. So again, in the theme of bringing back old mechanics and making them new. This is not a million miles off Raid. So it's an ability... Boast abilities can be activated during combat or after combat. Uh, well, that's a, that's a clunky wording. So uh, boast abilities are activated abilities that can be activated once per turn as long as an this creature with the boast ability attacked this turn. Uh, they can only be activated once per turn. And... You see this mostly in red, white, and black, and it's a very aggressive ability, either giving buffs often or making combat more difficult. Um, most notably, the creature doesn't need to have hit. It just needs to have been to have attacked. So you can go declare attackers, attack with my boast creature, activate the boast ability. Um, there's a couple of really neat things with it. There's actually a commander that ha two commanders that have boast in the set, and I'll be building one of them for the one tick um, the one tick commanders episode. So keep an eye out for that when that comes out. Um, but we'll also give you some examples of boast a little bit further on. Uh, next mechanic, snow. This is a real exciting one for people to sort of see the return of it. Rupert, do you want to take this? What is snow? So snow cards are back, and. Um... Snow is basically a theme that um, is applied to all kinds of cards. We have snow lands, we have snow instant sorcery, snow creatures, mm -hmm. uh, etc., etc. Um, there are several things to note here, though. Um, first of all, snow basic lands are still considered basic land. Uh, mm -hmm. so all your basic uh, lands. snow forests, snow covered island, etc. Yeah, exactly. Um, those work, also work for uh, these particular snow lands. Um, Another thing is that certain activated abilities, um, certain spells require snow mana to be spent. Um, and this snow mana can only be produced by snowlands or cards, permanents, uh, rituals, whatever, that specifically add snow mana. If something says snow thing and it generates mana, you create snow mana off it. You will also yeah. see a lot of uh, activated abilities in this set have the... Mm -hmm ability that requires you to pay snow mana and for all intents and purposes especially during the draft environment if something has mm -hmm. a snow activated ability you can almost think of it as a colorless mana activated ability or a generic mana activated ability because when you draft cal time you will be supplied with snow basics you don't need to draft snow basic lands you will just be like like with any other draft if you were just to take some forests you will just automatically get snow forests so, oh, is that so? 
Yeah, it is. You, you do not need to be drafted. They are just the lands of the set. Um, mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know, if you see something with a snow activated ability, take it. It's basically a colorless activated ability for, you know, all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, okay. Next thing is a really interesting new card type: runes. So these are auras that can enchant either a creature or an equipment, and from what we've seen so far, I think they all have this clause of give the equipped creature a keyword or the equipment mm-hmm. has equipped creature gets the keyword. Exactly. Yeah, that's how it works. And really simple, really nice. Um, there isn't a whole bunch of them, but there is definitely a full cycle uh, with, I think, some wriggle room for more. Um, type, sorry, I'm not looking for aura. I'm looking for, I'm just on Scryfall here. Type rune. Um Five cards of rune, yeah, full cycle. That um, like to work with runes. I think it was some sort of crown that set that you can tutor for a rune and equip it to it. Um, uh, there is indeed, yes. Um, there's a. Let me just again. Scryfall is my savior. Um, there is cards that interact with runes, like Runeforge Champion is in the set, a 3-mana 2-3 in white that uh, enters the battlefield, and you can search your deck or graveyard for a rune and put it into your hand. And it also mm-hmm. lets you pay 1 rather than pay the mana cost for rune spells, which oh, I'm kind of excited to see. Like The fact that they've put in a Runes Matters card, but mm-hmm. only printed five runes tells me that runes are probably going to be kind of here to stay or to, you know, they will be here for a while. Yeah, that I, might be a thing. Absolutely. And all of the runes in this set um, are two mana, one in their respective color. They give an ability of that color, so flying, death touch, etc. Um, plus one, plus O, oh, and draws a card when they enter. Yeah. Really nice. Love it. Um. Mm-hmm. Next, what else we got, Rupert? So yeah, uh, another returning mechanic is um, the, uh, well, rather are the uh, modal double face cards, uh, short MDFCs. Um, and we're familiar with these uh, since the set of Zendika Rising. Um, mm-hmm. And as we had in uh, Zendika, um, we again have mdfc lands that um come in either as a land source that taps for the one color or the other um now we've got that cycle completed mm-hmm. and another thing of, uh, to note is that um in call time we now have mdfcs that are not necessarily a land on um their side. we've got creatures on one side artifacts on another we've got creatures on one planeswalkers on the other there is a nice variety of double-faced cards added to Calton. But Ben, um, looking at that now, um, I have a question for you. Sure. How do these cards interact with search effects, tutors, whatever? Sure. So in relation to this, um, a double-faced card, if it while it's in your deck, you treat it as just the front side. So for example, one of the double-faced cards will come to is a creature on its front side and on the back it's an artifact so Mm -hmm. that means that if you cast say fabricate to search your deck for an artifact you cannot search for this double-faced card because its front side is only a creature you could worldly tutor for it as Mm -hmm. that would search for a creature so Mm -hmm. yeah keep that in mind with your double-faced cards it's something that won't come up um super often in things like modo and magic online 
and Magic Arena, sorry, because you know they will not let you make the mistake. But um, in the case of paper play, it's important to know, like, yeah, your double face cards count as just the front side while you're searching for them. All right. So next up, we got two older mechanics. Uh, one yes. of them rather surprising to make a comeback. Uh, yeah, in... and it makes its comeback in the form really of only one card. Um, this is poison. So poison exists in two forms in the game, in the form of the poisonous mechanic and in the form of infect, which is what it's more commonly known as. And oh, creatures no. with poisonous will um, deal its damage poisonous n will give n poison counters to a player when it hits in the case of infect a creature with infect deals damage to players and gives them poison counters equal to the power mm. we have a weird case here of something that gives poison counters Finn the fangbearer is the only example of this in the set it's a one a green for a one three legend with death touch and whenever a creature you control with death touch deals combat damage to a player that player gets two poison counters a player with 10 or more poison counters loses the game. So so it's it's, it's not really um, a relevant mechanic it, in the it's, set. I it's wouldn't, something yeah. that might pop up. Indeed. Finn, while Finn is an uncommon and you might see him a bit, and he is actually mm. a one, a two mana one, three with death touch, which isn't totally irrelevant. Um, if you look at the actual amount of death touch in the set, it's not super high. So from a limited yeah. perspective, like there's eight cards with death touch in the game. Sorry, in Cal time. And, yeah, and like, of them, they're all either uncommon. There's four of them at uncommon, three of them at rare, and one at mythic rare. So, like, I would say treat Finn the Fangbearer as a two-mana 1-3 with death touch, which is pretty good. That's a solid body. But yeah. you're probably not going to win with Infect super often unless you just happen to have drafted the other good death touch cards. Yeah. I, I, in all fairness, I think uh, what's way more important about Finn um, is not that he support, supports Poison uh, Tribal, but um, the implication of him yes. popping up the same time uh, we got our first uh, Phyrexian Praetor returning. Yes, indeed. Um, we'll probably mention him a little bit later on, but Vorinclex has gotten um released in the set who is a praetor mm. and for those of you that didn't play way back when praetors and infect was a thing oh you're um, lucky souls you're lucky souls the um this is a, an homage to phyrexia they Vorinclex is from phyrexia and he is one of the beasts that um came from uh that era basically and phyrexia as a place is known for the infect mechanic so there is a potential implication of, hey, maybe Infect is going to come back to standard now. We'll have to wait and see. Um, just one more thing I'd like to mention about Finn the Fangbearer before people get too happy drafting him. Um, mm -hmm. It's whenever a creature you control with Death Touch deals combat damage to a player, they that player gets two poison. So Finn the Fangbearer does not care um, how much damage is being dealt. So mm. you, if you hit okay. someone with a 10-10, they're still only getting two poison counters. If you hit them with a 1-1, one, one, they get two poison counters. You know? So just keep that in mind. It's not infect. It is they get two poison. There is a clear yeah, difference yeah. here. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, it'll be a fun it is a fun card, but um <laughs> just be careful. 
Um, <laughs> and then the last kind of returning mechanic is vehicles, which is something that is a bit more in abundance in the set than poison. Um, vehicles oh. have been kind of on and off in sets since uh, Cal not Caldheim, uh, Kaladesh. And the way they work is vehicles will have a crew cost and the it'll be crew one for example which means you need to tap down one power worth of creatures and it will turn this artifact into an artifact creature mm -hmm. um let me just actually look at for a vehicle from calvin just as an example here so um we've got um funeral longboat is a fine example it's a two mana artifact vehicle with vigilance it's a 3-3, three, three, mm -hmm. and it has crew 1. And un you can tap 1 power worth of creatures to make this a 3-3 three, three with Vigilance that can actually swing until end of turn. It turns it from an artifact into an artifact creature. Mm -hmm. So, uh, crewing is instant speed, so you can also block with vehicles. And um, mm -hmm. also, you don't need to... You can crew multiple times. So while it's a small edge case, if you for some reason really quickly need to tap down one of your own creatures, for example, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, something that said destroy target untapped creature, you could tap something with crew and, you know, get it tapped for that minor advantage if that happens. Mm -hmm. um, or if something has like, oh, for each tapped creature, do a thing, you could tap them all with a crew ability. Um, it's niche, but <laughs> thought it might be neat to point out. It's just really interesting how many returning old mechanics we have in this set. Absolutely. I like, think it might get quite interesting, especially in hindsight of uh, future sets. For sure. Like, for sure. Like, I think um, vehicles fits nicely into that category of it will come back in lots of sets, assuming it makes mm -hmm. sense. You know, mm -hmm. like, um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, I think it's a really neat design space, and I like this sort of temporary aspect of vehicles that like hey yeah. it it has a reliance you need a driver <laughs> <laughs> um let's get into some of the archetypes of the set we know the mechanics yeah. now but where let's, do these mechanics the fit in set. rupert yeah. hit us up with some of the with the first archetype here we've got down okay so uh the first thing archetype we got is is it and um is it is in this set um a bit hard to define because it focuses mainly on tribal synergies, and that's an, in in this case, um, that's giants. So we got a lot of giant creatures, of course, um, mm. that profit from having other giants on board. Um, and in addition to these tribal synergies, um, this archetype is also looking to control the board uh, via damage-based effects, um, mm -hmm. ETB giant. Um, and being an idiot, of course, uh, capitalizing from a uh, card draw, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. you're doing a bit of spell slinging and you're getting those big fatty creatures that you would normally expect in green. Absolutely. It's, um, it's a really nice sort of mix here because, um, you know, you're not going spell slinger, but it is still um, dealing damage, which is what kind of what the red side is known for. Um, yeah. I think one of my, while we've got some examples here, I really like Squash. Um, it's a four and a red for an instant that reads deal six to a creature or planeswalker, but it costs three less if you control a giant. Yeah. Um, or as well, um, 
Agar the Freezing Flame, a 1 blue and a red for a 3-3 legendary giant wizard. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess damage, if a giant wizard or spell dealt that damage, you draw a card. So it's mm. kind of like rewarding you for your sort of trampoly effects. <laughs> mm. um, really nice, really neat. There's like, again, it gives blue access to big creatures, which is something I'm always a fan of. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes out. Any other thoughts on Giants? Uh, not really. Uh, like, its bombs are fairly well distributed between Uncommon and Rare, so um, we're not having that niche, mythic, boring clex, whatever, that we have to rely on to make this archetype mm -hmm. work. So it should be fairly doable to draw. Yeah. Um, moving on to Simic. Simic's got itself kind of embedded deeply within Snow and reverse tribal by that we mean the changeling archetype a lot of the good changelings are in simic such as morite of the frost two green and double blue for a legendary snow creature changeling it's a zero zero and it enters the battlefield as a copy of a permanent except it's legendary and snow in addition to its other types and if it's a creature it copies it enters with two additional one one counters on it and still has changeling so Again, really nice here. You get to copy kind of your best creature or just copy something and get value. I mean, mm. can't really complain too much there. I mean, playing it on, you know, playing this like on turn five, on turn five, copying a three drop isn't too bad when you consider you're getting the two counters on it as well. And yeah, the flexibility cool. is really nice. Like, a, like mm. any permanent, you know, you could copy a saga or something, which is another returning mechanic in the set. And get some yep. extra value there. Um, I'm really excited to see it. Another good one here is Avalanche Caller, an uncommon for one a blue snow creature human wizard, a 1 3. Pay to make a snow land you control become a 4 4 elemental with hexproof and haste. It is still a land. So, again, kind of this is more a green effect we're seeing coming into blue by animating your lands and turning them into the creatures. And the Avalanche Caller, like 4 4 bodies, is not insignificant. Not at all. Um, but, like, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this uh, was, yeah, uh, Nissa, is that you? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god, it's very similar to that five mana Nissa from a couple sets ago. Like, it is. I like it. Moving on so, to yeah, um, Orzov. Yes. Uh, so, Orzov again also um, has two general themes going on. The first being um, the second spell abilities that um, are distributed along. Most of the dual colored Ozov cards, but also um, there are quite a lot of, of course, uh, white and black cards that um, mm -hmm. like you to spell, um, cast multiple spells yeah. per turn. Um, pretty straightforward. The other thing, also quite simple, is Angel Tribal. Mm -hmm. Loads of Angel synergies going on here. Um, so if you're playing against this, expect to see a lot of 4-4 uh, white Angel tokens with mm -hmm. flying Absolutely. Um, just in relation to the uh, second spell sort of synergy that wh that white black has, a card I really love the look of is Infernal Pet. Two and a black mm -hmm. for a two two imp with whenever you cast your second spell each turn, put a one one counter on it, and it gains flying until end of turn. Mm -hmm. Like stacking, 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 stacking all day every day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, moving on then to Gruel. Gruel is not very. Not to say that it's not well defined, but it is just a mid-rangey hit stock deck. Um, yeah, not nothing too exciting here. 
yeah, like one card I do want to shout out just for its commander playability is uh, Zvella Ice Shaper, a one red and a green for two four legendary snow troll warrior. Uh, mm. It has three tap, create a colorless snow artifact named Icy Manolith with tap <laughs> add one of any color. And then it has pay uh, six uh, red and a green to tap. Look at the top four and you may cast a spell from among them without paying its cost. And uh, I just Can really... You see <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I just think that's fun. Um, I really think he's a neat card and, eh, you know, not awful, but like, I don't know if I'd be first picking him. <laughs> yeah, not really. What's Demir looking like? There's something a bit more uh, scary to look at. Yes, Demir seems to be well, way more defined than um, Guru, as we have just standard. Demir control theme going on mm -hmm. that um, is also heavily focusing on um, the aforementioned snow mana and uh, snow synergies. And again, we have a nice tribe going on with the Draugr slash zombies. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm... yeah in, in general, we're just uh, in Demir, we're just trying to slow the game down and um, basically create an army of zombies that, um, you know. Does zombie things. Yeah. Um, there's one specific card I would like to shout out, um, and that's something that's definitely going into all my Demir Zombie Commander decks, uh, and that's Narfi Betrayer King. For three, a blue and a black, you get a zombie snow lord, basically, um, that gives other snow and zombie creatures plus one, plus one. That's one thing. That, that works really, really well in this archetype, yeah. but uh, I think what makes it really, really relevant in draft is that it's a second activator's ability because for three snow mana you can return Narfi Betrayer King from your graveyard to the battlefield tap. And really this all to a four three body is so, really scary. I love as well, like that three snow mana is not a high tax to pay. Again, remember what we were saying, like in this draft format, you're gonna have a full set of snowlands to play with. Like you're mm -hmm. gonna this is just three of whatever. Um, the other thing as well, while he does enter the battlefield tapped when you do the ability, you can just do it on someone's end step, and then he untaps on your turn. So you yeah, can... This again goes really nice. Goes nicely. well with Demir. It's uh, what Demir does. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Controlling the game, um, if your opponent's too scared to cast something, just return Narfi. And easy. swing with it next turn. You know, easy. board wipe protection. Nice. It's an uncommon too, so expect to see him a good... But I think he's going to be one of like the... He's going to be so, so good in this set, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, Azorius uh, is going to be our sort of controlly Flyers deck as usual, but also is the probably the most Fortel heavy um, mm -hmm. color pair of the set. And one card to look out for is Vega the Watcher, a three mana 2-2 two -two in Azorius for a legendary creature, Bird Spirit with Flying. Whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, draw a card. And while it doesn't say Fortell on it, this basically is, hey, if yeah. you cast a card with Fortell, draw a card. It also works well with um, in Commander with stuff like Suspend and Adventure, but come on, we're here for the draft format, so this is going to be Fortell. Um, but again, another legendary creature in Uncommon. Yeah, like we love legends in Uncommon in this set. Like there's been at least one in every color pair. Um, so mm. we love Uncommon Legends. Like there is some really powerful effects here. Mm. Um, if we're to shout out like any particular foretell spells, like we have 
things like um god i can't think of the name of it but there's a blue spell that is scry to draw one um f-o-r-e-t-e-l let me remind myself what good for tell cards are in the set um oh actually as well cosmos charger goes really well with this um four mana three three with flash and flying foretelling mm -hmm. cards from your hand costs one less and can be done on other players turns and this thing itself has foretell for two and a blue um mm -hmm. there's also doomscar which is a five mana destroy all creatures but has foretell for three so hey do you want to play azorius control i'm all about it <laughs> <laughs> um moving on to selesnia what can we expect out of that yes again a classic theme uh selesnia tries to go really really wide like we're making a ton of tokens, mostly in this case, humans and elves, um, and have a lot of anthem effects going on to mm -hmm. just overrun the board. Absolutely. Nothing too specific. Here. Yeah. Um, it works well with what we're about to go into, the Golgari Elves package, because the Golgari mm -hmm. Elves actually also generates some tokens. So you can kind of marry the Selesnia and Golgari together. But... um. Mm -hmm. If you were to highlight one specific thing about Golgari, a lovely uncommon to keep an eye out for is another legendary creature, uh, Harald, King of Skemfar, a one black and green for a 3-2 with menace, legendary elf warrior. When he enters the battlefield, look at the top five cards of your library, reveal an elf, warrior, or Tyvar card from among them and put it into your hand, and the rest on the bottom in a random order. Uh, I really, those... really wonder what that Tyvar card Yeah, so for those of you wondering, <laughs> yeah, Tyvar, um, I actually, this was before I saw it myself, I was like looking up D&D &D lore trying to figure out, like, is Tyvar a fantasy creature? Uh, but no, Tyvar is actually a planeswalker. It is a new elf planeswalker for, in the set. Tyvar Kel is two and double green for a planeswalker. Tyvar comes in with three loyalty, has the passive ability all elves you control have tapped to add black, it has plus one to put a 1-1 one, one counter on up to one target elf. Untap it and it gains death touch until end of turn. Zero to create a 1-1 one, one green elf creature token. Elf warrior creature token. And minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast an elf, it gains haste until end of turn and you draw two cards. So this guy I'm real excited for. Like while it's a mythic and you're not going to see it super often, like minus six, your elves have haste. Like sorry, Landworth into Landworth into Landworth into Landworth into Landworth. Oh, by the way, I drew eight cards. Stupid. So basically, the way you originally played Land Wild. Yes, actually, yeah. When I when I was a in my younger years, I thought summoning sickness only applied to attacking. So me and my tabletop magic buddies would thought green was the most busted color in the world because yeah, <laughs> elf, 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 elf. Um, but yeah, no. Um, giving reps haste is bonkers. Um, I also yeah. just really like what Wizards has been doing. They did this in Commander Legends as well of making elves uh, black and green. Mm. so yeah it's um that's going to be a lot of fun um yeah. like elves does elf things you know how it is uh what does Rakdos do rupert yeah um so with Rakdos, we're looking at a very very aggressive deck um that utilizes the aforementioned boast mechanic quite a lot um we have a heavy sacrifice uh if a creature died this turn um theme Dude. going on and we got a new tribe um entering oh. the game and that's berserkers Ooh, and are you sure that that's new i think it's new yeah i'm um, might be, sure might be old but um but anyways but we anyway got berserkers, berserkers are back, back if nothing else demons. yeah no berserkers um, have been around a while um but just 
But yeah, sorry, oh, go yeah, on. Yeah, well, in, in, in that case, uh, I'm just a gobshite. But still, uh, <laughs> I'm just indulging in the thought of uh, demon berserkers swarming the field. Absolutely. Um, great stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. I think one of my favorite things like this also helps support uh, an old favorite commander of mine, Levisa Cold Eyes, a five mana, three, three legendary human with each creature that's a barbarian, warrior, or berserker gets plus two, plus two in haste. Ooh. Berserkers have a lord, not just a not just our thing. Um, <laughs> love it. Um, and then to cap everything off, we last but certainly not least is Boros, which hey, it's an aggro deck. Go wide. In terms of tribes, it cares a lot about dwarves, and we have things like Magda Brazen Outlaw, a two mana two one a rare legendary dwarf. Other dwarves you control get plus one plus zero. Oh. Whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure, and you can sack five treasures to search your deck for an artifact or dragon and put it onto the battlefield. Tell me that is the hype as hell. Um, yeah, the... while I don't think this is particularly good in draft, uh, it's just so good in commander. Like, I think dangerously. absolutely. I think it's still good in draft. Like even if your sack five treasures thing isn't relevant, like I mean, it's a it's oh, a uh, no, it's a dwarf oh, sorry, order. Sorry, sorry. Um... Uh, you get me. You got me wrong. Um, I'm not saying that it's bad in draft. I'm just saying that the margin between its uh effects on um constructed is just way bigger. Yeah, fair. It's um like there is only two dragons in the set, and ones at rare, ones at mythic. So you're probably not going to use Magda for that ability. But for yeah. artifacts, there are plenty. Although again. I think this will just be most effectively used as, hey, I'm swinging with my dwarfs, and I'm just they're just going to pay for themselves. Yeah. Um, and speaking of paying for themselves, uh, we got Cole the Forge Master as a kind of big signpost for aura and equipments, a Boros legend for uh, red-white for 2-2. Whenever another mm. non-token creature you control dies, if it was enchanted or equipped, return it to its owner's hand. Creatures and tokens you control that are enchanted or equipped get plus one, plus one. So, again, there's lots of token generation in this set. So, again, getting that buff, it's great. This card, again, creates insane value if you just have, hey, my thing is equipped. Yeah. Feels bad. I paid for an equipped cost and it died. Well, too bad. It comes back to your hand, so you get some extra value off it. Also, again, constructed ramifications. This thing is going to be nuts in Commander. There's yes. already yes. a Cold the Forge Master CDH Discord, and those guys are brewing tirelessly seeing how they can make this deck work and it looks yeah. nuts <laughs> can't wait for that i might end up making him for the one ticks as well i haven't fully decided yet i've got two oh, or three no. decks oh, in the no. works <laughs> um but uh let's move on to something very important in draft the bombs the big boys oh, the yeah. things that are going to win you the game if you see them the things that need the to be reason why dealt we're here <laughs> yeah um and again, bombs kind of have, you can probably ask different people and get different definitions, but like, I think the bombs are the cards that need to be dealt with quickly. And in some cases, like we're about to show, even if they're dealt with quickly, are still a problem. So, um, Cole the Forge Master, I think, fits that in regard to that Boros archetype, and we've already discussed him, but something I'd like to call out as just mm, delicious, I love it, is Ascendant Spirit. So mm -hmm. this is a blue for a 1-1 one, one snow creature spirit. Mm -hmm. It has pay 2 snow mana. Ascended spirit becomes a spirit warrior with base power toughness 2-3. That's not till end of turn. That's just forever. 
Uh-huh. So, it's a case of play it as a 1-1. One, one. Oh, nothing to do turn 2? Make it bigger. Or, just, you know, build it up over time. It has pay 3 snow mana. If Ascendant Spirit is a warrior, put a flying counter on it, and it becomes mm-hmm. a spirit warrior angel with base, power, and toughness 4-4. Four, four. So if you did the last ability, you can do this new one. It then mm-hmm. has pay 4 snow mana. If it's an angel, put two one one counters on it. Nick gains whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. I wait, love wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. That sounds oddly familiar. It's kind of yes, it sure does. There is a Boros card that actually does the same thing that I cannot think of the name of, or does a similar effect. I think it's also a legendary card, but it's not legendary. I can tell you that much because I've played with it a bunch but um oh, well. it is there is a um one hybrid red white let's look for cards that have uh that as their mana cost um but yeah it's i'll, I'll scribe all that in the background but yeah i love this because you can play it early and it's just a fine body and then late game you're just milking it for all it's worth um figure of mm-hmm. destiny is the card i was thinking of which is um in a similar vein it's a hybrid boros card one ma- one hybrid Boros, and you can pay one to make it a 2-2. Two, two. If it's a 2-2, two, mm-hmm. two, pay three to make it a 4-4. Four, four. If it's a 4-4, four, four, pay like six mana to turn it into an 8-8 eight, eight with some keywords. And this is the same deal of like, it's like level up actually, where like you're making it better permanently. Yeah, okay. um, I like that comparison. Yeah. Any other cards that you'd like to call out as being like particularly notable uh, in their decks or just as slam dogs uh, just just a general thing and uh in order to redeem the gruel trolley archetype that uh Kaldheim is going on uh, a card that has been heavily discussed over the last couple of weeks um the old growth troll mm. um delicious card. delicious card. three green for a four four trample troll warrior that reads uh, uh when old growth troll dies if it was a creature return it to the battlefield it's an aura enchantment with enchant forest you control and enchanted forest has tap at two green and one on tap sacrifice for sand create a tap four four green troll warrior creature token with trample oh boy so what you're telling me is it's a mouthful so it's a three mana four four with trample so it already passes the vanilla test granted in mono green when it dies, it makes one of your lands, you know, tap for double green. So it's pseudo kind of almost paying for itself. And then mm. you can also pop your own land to create another 4-4 four, four green troll warrior token with trample. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. This is great. This is just Like, really it's good. just stats. It's just really solid. Yeah. Um, another card I would like to sort of mention just in terms of being rock solid is a skemfire avenger two mana three one elf berserker whenever a non-token elf or berserker you control dies you draw a card and lose a life just dead solid card draw and you know at two mana just like how neatly this fits into multiple archetypes fits into multiple decks does great things like you can splash it in your boros deck for the berserker part of it you can splash it in the elf deck for the elves it's great um what else we got here that's neat um oh vengeful reaper i love this um three and a black for a two three angel cleric at uncommon mm-hmm. with flying death touch and haste and it has foretell for one to black so pay two to exile it, and then you can pay one to black to cast it on a later turn keyword soup flying haste death touch this is like so many things all rolled up in one that thing's going to close out games you know like That's really tasty it. yeah i like it um 
And another in that same vein is Hailstorm, Hailstorm Valkyrie. Three mm-hmm. a black for a 2-2 snow creature. Angel Wizard with Flying Trample and uh, pay two snow to give it plus two plus two to the end of turn. That is going to be an absolute game anchor. Shade absolute. effects in draft, I think, are so powerful because they yep. can be they can just help you finish out the game and make mm. those deadlocked board states end. And the yep. fact that this has flying just means that you can just hit someone. Like, let's just take the scenario of it's a four mana two two, mm. and then next turn you can pay the four mana that you already have to give her plus four plus four, so it's six. Six, twelve, eighteen, mm. four turn clock theoretically less you know if you've dealt some damage earlier like yeah. really good yeah and, and the fact that here that it has flample is just flample is just dirty um yeah. make combat hard for your opponent um <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is a lot to like about about the about the valkyrie and um, of course there is plenty more nuts cards in the set but we thought we'd call them out as some of our favorites and some that are particularly noteworthy and pickable um but yeah um talking about nuts cards let's go to our next category mm. um because in the uncommon slot um we got a new cycle of lands. yep a full cycle of 10 lands they are all lands that enter tapped they tap for one color either you know one of their respective colors um rupert let's go through these one by one and just kind of take in what these guys do what's uh what's skimfire elder hall do Okay, so um, Scamfar Elder Hall is um, the Golgari version of the cycle. Um, mm-hmm. As said, it comes into play tapped and uh, tapped for green. Well, that's not all because for two generic, two black and a green, you can tap it and then sacrifice it. And then up to one target creature you control or you don't control gets minus two, minus two. So it's basically dead weight on a stick until, um, until the end of turn. Create two one-one green elf warrior creature tokens. Um, activate this only as a sorcery. This is a land. This is a land. And a spell. Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. Like, yeah, shoot a shoot a creature, create two bodies, and two bodies of a relevant of two relevant archetypes, elves and warriors. Yeah. Great. This is going to be excellent. Um, and the whole cycle itself is great. Port of Carafel yep. is similar. Enters tapped, taps for a blue. Pay three black and double black. Tap and sack it. Mill four cards, then return a creature from your grave to the battlefield. This is a six six mana reanimate, <laughs> but it's on a land. So again, this isn't getting also provides mill like <laughs> it's not being count like it's not going to get counterspelled. Who's going to yeah. counterspell a a fucking a, a land's activated ability? I don't think anything in the set can do that. Um, yeah. this is great. Like for, for, the, for the general cycle, like, um, they are all placed between at least good abilities up to outright degenerate. And like, I, yeah, um, and I think Port of Carafel is one of, uh, on the better side of these. Um, but also on the side of my, degenerate. My personal favorite is the uh, Simic one, though. Um, like that, that's just this stupid. is probably this probably has the highest ceiling of any of them. Yeah. So uh, what the Simic one does is for two, uh, well, first of all, it taps for a blue one. Uh, and for two generic, two green, and two blue, you sack it and create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, uh, except it enters with uh, an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Again, activate it only as you could, if you could do a sorcery. Yeah, sure. But like, well, well, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll five mana clone my best creature. 
Easy. Like, Easy. again, late game ramifications, the grindy board state. Hey, I'm just going to copy my 2 2 flyer. Yeah. Oh, it's a 3 3 now. Cool. Also, and, 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 it's and once, hit again, you. once again, what, what's your opponent going to do about that? Yeah. Like, these are on a land. It's not getting countered. It's the land itself isn't going to get removed. Like, no. I don't think there's a land destruction in this set. Uh, while I check if oh, there's land there destruction, is. there it, is actually there, there is, is, but like again, land destruction is not also so on one of those lands. <laughs> Rupert, hit the next one here while I look up what land destructions in this set. Um, well, yeah, uh, talking about land destruction, let's go with the gruel yeah. one because that one actually does that. I will. Hmm? I will in a minute. Yeah. Sure. See you in a minute. Sorry. Go ahead. Hit us with it. What does the what, what's next? Yeah, uh, the Guru one, because we were talking about land destruction, uh, comes into play, tap again, uh, taps for red, for three generic red and two green. You uh, can tap it, sack it, um, destroy target land, and create a 4 4 green troll warrior to uh, token with trample. Yep. Can't <laughs> complain about that. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite, and something that's going to um, go into pretty much all my Boros commander decks, is Axe with Armory. Um, mm -hmm. That one taps for a white, and for one generic, two red and a white, you can tap it, sack it, uh, and search your library for not just an aura or an equipment card, but for an aura and an equipment card. So mm -hmm. Four mana double tutor. Yeah, also, it's and or, so you don't need to search yeah, for both yeah. if you don't have them. No, not but... at all, not at all, but still, wow. Good ceiling. Um, Moving on oh, yeah. to that, I would also highly rate the Is It one, which is, which taps for a red, and you can pay two blue, two double blue and a red to tap and sack it, scry two, and deal two to each creature. Activate only as a sorcery, but little baby wipe, <laughs> yeah, great. That one, that one's your favorite, isn't it? <laughs> I think it is, like, because you just hose like any sort of tokeny deck. Like, I think the elves deck is going to be strong in the format, but like having this at the ready mm. is gonna be great to help stop and, that. And again, like the mind games, uh you slap him down this down early, your opponent knows that there is a bought white coin. Yeah. Like big fan. Um another the um what ones have we not touched yet? The Azorius one is quite nice as well. It taps for a white and two double blue and a white, tap and sack it, gain two life, draw two cards. Solid. That's Always cool. solid. The Selesnia one taps for a green and it's Green double white tap and sack. Put a 1 1 counter on each of up to two target creatures you control. They gain vigilance and lifelink until end of turn. It's, it's kind of, it's, while it's not as maybe backbreaking as some of the others, it is um, just, hey, solid. And it's only three mana, so it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. So we love that. Should we? Shall we yeah, touch uh, on removal for the set? Absolutely. Because um... removal, I think, is one of the most important things you know yourself bread and all that i mean you know yeah what's better than a problem solving the problem um <laughs> so <laughs> it is with okay. white rupert what how's rupert how does white deal with problems so uh white is um again working in a very classic way um we have those classic white limited removal spells with uh punishing attackers with iron verdict for two generic uh and a white Iron Verdict deals 5 damage um, to target tapped creature. You can also foretell it uh, for 1 white. Um, we have Artifact and Enchantment removal on Invoke the Divine for 2 and, uh, for two generic and a white. Uh, instant speed removal of target artifact or enchantment and giving you 4 life. And of course, 
um, where we without it. Um, your classic pacifier facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, found in gold for two and a white uh, for enchant target permanent. Well, no, wait. That's enchant target permanent. Yeah. Okay. Can't sacrifice block or crew vehicles. Yeah. Um, and it's activated. And it can't activate its abilities um, unless they're mana abilities. So yeah. you can actually target planeswalkers with that. Yeah, yeah, you can actually. Um, so if you want yeah. to shut off a planeswalker, great. Alternatively, um, instead of shut, you can also shut down a vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't. Why stop the creature that's going to crew the vehicle? Just stop the vehicle itself. Um, really nice. And again, all of those pieces of removal are common, so that's worth considering in a draft environment. Yes. Uh, blue also coming out really clutch with some excellent removal in this set. Um, oh, we'll I start with the uncommon, just to get out of the way. Saw it coming is uh, double blue and one for a counterspell, but you can also mm-hmm. foretell it for one and a blue. So you'd be net paying four mana, but you know the tempo advantage is kind of nice of having it for two later on. Um, yeah. Bind the monster is a one mana common enchantment aura enchanted creature. When it enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature, and it deals power equal to its sorry, it deals damage equal to its power to you. It call, and mm. the enchanted creature doesn't untap during the untap step. So again, typical blue stuff. Tap it down, make sure it doesn't come back. And then we have Raven Form. Yeah. Raven Form is two and a blue at common for a sorcery. Exile a artifact or creature. Its controller creates a one-one bird with flying. Portel for a blue. Come on. What? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like exile spell? That's actually like <laughs> that is like so ridiculously good. It has no business being that good. Absolutely not. Per- like, like, why? Mm. Why is this here? It's so good. Here's more reasons to play blue in your formats. Hey, pauper players, you know the way we just got um fall from favor band? Here's a really yeah, good I, I, common I, to replace it. In all fairness, I think R and D kind of banked on um, fall from fame, uh, fall from favor getting banned, so they just added this. Ah, <laughs> moving on to black. Uh, black actually does have a nice tasteful exile spell, and it's it makes sense in black. Feed the serpent is two and double black for an instant that reads exile target creature or planeswalker at common. Uh, remember, speed, like remember when? Remember, long. sorry, remember when Vraska's Contempt was a ten euro card that was literally <laughs> this, but it gained you two life. Remember that? Remember that time? Remember when that existed? Uh, boy. What does it? Give us some more black removal, Rupert. I'm, I'm, I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Again. Um. We basically got murder with an upside with poison the cup for one and two black. Um, we get your murder effect, destroy target creature. Uh, in addition, if this spell was uh, foretold, scry two, and here it comes. Uh, you can foretell it for one on the black. Sick. Um, uh, at wow. uncommon granted, <laughs> but still. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, but still. Um, another thing that fades a bit into the sacrifice theme is Tugret's Shadow. Um, that's three and two black for each player sacrifices two creatures. Foretell two, uh, two black. Not necessarily very, very good, but the fact that it feeds nicely into um Yeah, it's a bit more a bit more a bit more specific. It's not the snap pick that maybe feed the serpent would be. Oh no, absolutely not. Um, but, but still fairly good. Love it. Um red has very stereotypical damage based removal and realistically it's mostly just hitting creatures. You've got frostbite, which is one mana deal two for a snow instant. If you control mm-hmm. three or more snow permanents, it deals three damage instead. 
Um, mm. So you've got like a shock or a bolt worth of damage. Um, Demon Bolt is another common for two and a red. This one is deal four damage to a creature or planeswalker, and it foretells for a red. Mm. And you've got Cinderheart Giant. Again, if you're filling into that giant archetype, it's a seven mana, seven, six with trample. And when it dies, deal seven to a creature an opponent controls chosen at random. So really good in like, if you're in like a sort of mirror match setting where there's just big creature on big creature, not so great mm. if you're against the tokeny Selesnia or Golgari Elf decks, but worth saying. Hey, there's another thing to note about the ret removal though. Mm. Um, and that is... A bit to consider because um, we got loads and loads of damage-based removal in this set. Um, most of these do not target players, so they don't—they're not really burning. They're just mostly removal. Yes, um, which is—it's a weird situation to be put in, in that like it gives red access to higher damage numbers at a mm. cheaper cost, but they're just not able to go face. Um, yeah. Personally, I love Demon Bolt for cube because four damage is such a crucial point for a lot of creatures, like to deal with like mid-range beaters and stuff. Mm -hmm. That having four damage on a spell is really nice. And at common, I think the people who have pauper cubes are rejoicing for things like Demon Bolt. <laughs> Probably. Um, moving on to green, what do we got here? Uh, nothing too exciting, to be fair. Um, we got some artifact and enchantment removal. Um, your classic green anti-air spells with broken wings that uh, for two and a green destroys target artifact enchantment or creature with flying at instant speed yep. uh your classic fight spells um i think struggle for scampar is basic for three and a green is basically a better um there was something very similar in uh the eldrain um that, uh, yeah, I know uh, what you're on about. It's, um, oh, yeah. But yeah, this is put a 1-1 one, one counter on a creature you control, and then it fights a creature you don't, and it has foretell for a green. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that's going on for some colors uh, in here, um, where they are just really, really basic in what they are doing. Uh, if we're forgetting about whatever blues removal is. Like... <laughs> No idea what they were thinking, but um, they they they, overall, they saw they saw the popper players and said, "Hey, let's make them even more angry." Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, in general, expect some very basic working removal. Um, do you want to talk not, about the best piece of removal in the game right now? Oh no! Oh, no do you want to talk no. about White's piece of removal that no, it got? No, I don't. So I don't we tactfully um, ignored it when it first came up, but let's talk about. The best piece card I've seen in a long time, Divine Stop. Gambit, is double Stop. white for a sorcery. <laughs> Exile target, creature, artifact, or enchantment. Hey, that sounds good! That, that sounds, sounds really great! <laughs> Exile target, artifact, creature, or enchantment, and opponent controls. Okay, yeah, sure, I love removing my opponent's stuff. <laughs> That player may put a permanent card from their hand onto the battlefield. <laughs> Man, okay. I love show and tell. I love giving my opponent a free show and tell. <laughs> Why? Why does this exist? I like, hate that. Like, like in, in, in all like, kind of, like, like, um, if we're looking at black, we got this marvelous exile spell. A common. Cl nice and simple. 
exiled like, something. Bang. Divine Gambit is an uncommon. <laughs> Divine Gambit's an it's uncommon. Not a, it's not an instant speed. Oh um, man. Um, like I like the only situation where Divine Gambit it actually is good. Let just to like jokes aside for a second, yeah. is um if you were if your opponent is top decking. Yes. Like. If you know your opponent is in top deck mode, or even if you know your opponent is like a low to the ground deck, yeah. you could divine gambit and be like, yeah, he probably doesn't have a big creature. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, um, which is which basically the reason why I don't think you should do this, even if your opponent's playing a spell slingy deck or um, like a very low, low to the ground, very aggressive deck. Um, it doesn't specify creature. It's a permanent. And do you know what's also a permanent in this set? What? Fucking sagas. And lands. Lands. Creatures. Yeah. There's like, like your if your opponent even has one card in hand, there's going to be something they're getting. But, um. Way too risky. Like, yeah. Like, I realistically don't, like, I think it'd be really too risky to play it. Um. Like. Just imagine the, <laughs> this situation. Yeah. Um, like. I'm really you, struggling. You remember to... that once cry and draw a Fortel card? Yeah. Imagine casting a Divine Gambit, thinking that your opponent's in top deck mode, and they just, in response, scry and draw their fucking Chungus. Yeah, like, there's just so many things that can go wrong with this that, like, I'm just... It's, look, it's, it's for the Chaos deck and Commander. Let's be real. That's all it's here for. <laughs> it's for there's a chaos deck in white you're right probably not <laughs> like like you do realize like, what's going on that's here, thing, right? like, even, i'm trying so hard to think of use for it. like even like oh maybe it's like a combo interrupter card but it's like not really because it's at sorcery speed you know like imagine you know forcing someone to play their thassa's oracle or something if you like oh i know they have a thassa's in hand and no other creature bang i'll divine gambit something so that they have to play thassa's oracle and their combo doesn't work but yeah. that's sorcery speed so i can't even do that right no just just no just no um let's just move to something that's let's better. move to something oh, actually, actually good, really Sagas. good. let's these yes. are actually great they are really really good and they're an uncommon and rare um each uh, color combination got at least two of them. Um, as I said, one an uncommon, one very, 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 very good at rare. Um, mm -hmm. And even the uncommon ones are. Mwah. Yeah, and seeing as we're the uncommons are going to be the ones you see the most, let's go and do a little bit of a dive on them and see what they're like. So, Rupert, tell us about uh, no Arnie slays the trolls. All right, so that's our gruel saga, gruel uncommon saga for our, a red and a green. Um, first one, target creature you control fights up to one target creature you don't control. Bang, removal. Second, hey, look, it's a piece of removal better than Divine Gambit. Uh -huh. <laughs> Second, <laughs> add a red, put two plus one plus one counters and up to one target creature you control. Once again, we're paying two for this. Three, you gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Eh, whatever. Yeah, but that's for two. But like that's again, that's like, that. like here's the thing. The fight effect, great. Add a red. Basically, this card has like a net cost of a green. You know, like it's just yep. value machine. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. 
gravy. So uh, an another one that uh, I personally feel like is the best of this cycle sure. is Binding of the Old Gods. And that's uh, the Golgari uncommon one. For two and Golgari, you get first destroy target non-land permanent and opponent control. Solid. What like, is that? Oh, wow. Is that removal better than Divine Gambit? <laughs> This hits this hits more things than Divine Gambit. This hits Planeswalkers. <laughs> Second, search your library for a forest cop. Put it onto the battlefield tap. Sick. Then shuffle your library. Ramp. Nice. Third, creatures you control gain death touch until the end of turn. Hey, hey you remember that one? Remember that Finn the Fang Bearer? <laughs> yes, let's go. You drop so your you, you surprise drop your Finn the Fang Bearer and kill him. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and that's it. like uh, you're in Golgari colors, anyways. Like, uh, the chances are high that you're just producing tons and tons of elves, yeah, and they suddenly get death touch. Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, I'm liking, well, I'm liking the look shame. of uh, Cardor's victorious, uh, vicious return. Uh, to a black mm -hmm. and a red for a saga, you can for chapter one, you may sack a creature when you do it, deals three to any target. Mm -hmm. On the second one, each player discards a card, and on the third one, return a creature card from the grave to the battlefield. Put a 1-1 counter on it, and it gains haste until your next turn. Hey, reanimate spell. Hey, ping for three. Really Discard a card. Like, yeah. I like how it's each player discards a card so you can set up for a big reanimation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Love it. Like, not, yeah. nothing, nothing too complex to say here. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um... um what else yeah, we got? Would you like to present uh, the tricksters god, the trickster gods heist? Absolutely. Uh, because I think that's really that one's really interesting. That's a, yeah, it's a two blue and a black for uh, better removal than divine gambit. You may exchange control of two target creatures. Uh, second chapter, you may exchange control of two target non basic and non creature permanents that share a card type. And three mm -hmm. target player loses three life, you gain three life. So this is. I love this in regards where it's like, yeah, here, I'm going to take your threat. Um, you've got, like, the fact that it happened, you exchange the creatures on chapter one means that, like, you're getting, you know, again, you're kind of surprising them, like, hey, I'm taking your big thing, or I'm taking mm -hmm. that problem. And then also, if the problem happens to be a non-land permanent, a non-creature permanent, hey, you can do that too. I see mm -hmm. this as being just dead solid. <laughs> here, here's Remove a threat, thing. supply yourself with a threat. Mm -hmm. Here's another thing to note about the second chapter. Um, it just specifies two target non-basic permanents. Well, non-basic, non-creature permanents. Ah, aren't there a lot of, you know, very good lands in this there set? There is a lot of really <laughs> good lands in this set. Now, granted, you will have to be giving someone your own non-basic land. Fair enough, fair enough. But and... just... But giving, yeah, definitely giving, giving your, people the your, information. Your ability land that they can't use because yeah. you need specific colors for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you've also, and then just your drain effect is just kind of nice for a Demir control e deck. Yeah. And fin rounding up the uncommon cycle, Fall of the Imposter is one a green and a white for a saga. Chapter one and two both do the same thing. They put a one one counter on up to one target creature. And then chapter three is to exile a creature with greater with the greatest power among creatures target opponent controls. I think this is really cool because you can put the one one counters on on your own stuff as a buff, or you can mm. put them on the opponent's creature to sort to of target your removal, to, yeah. to target your removal. Like if an opponent's got like a really good creature with an activated ability, perhaps mm. you could buff it so that it could be in range of the exile effect. Yeah. Which again, sure, it's kind of fringe, but it's still a really neat design space. 
Yeah. Um, moving on then, let's uh, round this out just by talking about some of the, in general, really good commons and uncommons of the set. Mm-hmm. So one thing I'd like to point out is Jaspara Sentinels. It's a one green for a one two with reach for an elf rogue. It has tap and tap an untapped creature you control, add one mana of any color. So it's not land war elves, but it's pretty close. It does a good imitation of it in that, like, you know, if you were to, the ability it has here to tap an untapped creature, you can tap a creature that has summoning sickness for that ability to get that mana if you like. And I think that's a really nice bit of utility there that's got a bit of, uh, it's got some legs to it. So the thing I, I really like is um, the Fearless Pop. Uh, <laughs> is that just because it's cute? <laughs> um, that's one reason. Another reason being that it's just a really, really solid common because for um, one red, you get a 1-1 one, one first strike wolf that boasts for two and a red uh, and gets plus two, plus zero until the end of turn. Like, mm-hmm. really solid, very yeah. aggressive. Card. Honestly, really good. And also, a thing that I really like about it is um that it's already feeding into an archetype in a future set that i'm really looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because the wolf so yes for the innistrad when that comes around um yes. i also really like gold March champion a three mana two three with boast that has two mm-hmm. mana tap target creature i love this because in white especially in draft you'll often see these abilities that are like pay some mana and tap this creature tap another target creature i love how mm-hmm. this guy you can go Go to combat, swing, pay two, tap down your best blocker. Like, yeah. that's so proactive. I love that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, not much to say here. You just swing and hit. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to have a little call out of Gold Vein Pick. Uh, two mana equipment that gives the equipped creature plus one, plus one, and has equipped for one. Whenever the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. Ooh. Love that. Bit of fixing. Nice and cheap. A reasonable buff, and... It'll pay for itself and fixes your colors. Nice. And else is kind of catching your eye here. Um, just something that I like because um, it reminds me of uh, Into the Royal slash um, Blink of an Eye. Uh, that would be Depart the Realm for mm-hmm. one in the blue. Uh, you get an instant return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Uh, foretell for one blue. Um, while I don't necessarily see this uh getting a place in my cdh command decks um it's still really really nice to yeah. have it uh, it's, drop. hey it's just a bounce spell it's solid um we can't complain um in the another thing that i love is some shade effects uh grim draugr is two and a black for a snow creature zombie berserker and it has pay one in a snow Grim Draugr gets plus one plus O and menace until end of turn. So we've got a shade effect of like buffing itself and some evasion. Mm. We love it. Very in line with that. Again, uh, close out the game. Earlier. Yeah. Um, we also got Pilfering Hawk, a two mana one two flyer at common for a snow creature bird that has pay a snow and tap it to draw and discard a card. Mm. Solid. No complaints. Just yep. l- loot her with evasion. Mm-hmm. Um. A card that I think is going to be really interesting, I don't know how good it is, is Scorn Effigy. It's a three generic for an artifact creature Scarecrow. Mm. Uh, it's at common, it's a two three, and it has Foretell for zero. Mm. So you can pay two mana, and then next turn cast it for zero. 
And that mm. means you're essentially, it's a two mana, two, three in any color that wants it. Yeah. So I and think, I also it, think, I think it really it, works. It, it, it should probably work really well with the uh, cast two spells a turn Ozop theme. For sure. And I think as well, like, it just helps fill out the curve. Because, like, often, oh, yeah, sure. a lot yeah. of the time in draft, there are colorless spells that are really overcosted, Like, they're expensive for what they are. And, like, mm. this is just a very honest two slash three mana, two, three. I think there's, like, a lot of room for that. I think, like, a lot of cards, people might end up just playing this to fill out the curve a bit. Mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, a six mana 3-3 three, three with flying, you know, that you mightn't ever even get to cast. I think this is just a lot, just kind of nice. Mm -hmm. um, also, Stalwart Valkyrie is pretty sick, too. Um, four mana 3-2 with flying, that you may pay two mana, uh, a one to white, and exile a creature from your graveyard rather than pay this spell's mana cost. So, nice cost producer sweet yeah. we love that for all the shit talk we gave on white earlier on hey this is actually kind of good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. any uh -huh. other thoughts here that you want to bring up um a card that i really like um especially looking at the um shape sh like the really big shapeshifter trap that we got uh, that we have going on is return upon the tide uh for four and, a, four and a black you get um at sorcery speed return target creature from your graveyard to the battlefield if it's an elf which would be a thing given when you're using it on shapeshifters. Uh, create two one-one green elf warrior creature tokens. Yep. Uh, four talent for three and a black. Yeah. So like, of course it works really nice with elves. There's but a... elves usually tend to be rather small. With the opportunity and the option to um, dig for something uh, bigger, mm. like certain shapeshifters that copy certain things. Um, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to like about, I mean, a reanimate effect in draft. And again, even if you're just reanimating something for five mana, that's perfectly reasonable. Like, isn't Unburial Rites like five mana? You know, like it's... Be, and while I'm not comparing this to Unburial Rites in the sense of like, <laughs> oh, it's better than it. Like, I mean, a five mana reanimate isn't unheard of. Like, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think one last card just to take us in take us in is um, Icebind Pillar which is two and a blue for a snow artifact, and it has pay a snow tap to tap target artifact or creature. This is an oh. icy manipulator that's literally made of ice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it forces the game into a nice little stall by like tapping down people's flyers or tapping down their best attacker and giving you the time you need in those controlly decks to you know do what needs to be done. Oh. So... With that, Rupert, shall we move on to our card of the week? Yes, sir. Or more accurately, our cards of the week. We've got two here that I think in lieu of all of the snow talk, there is potential that these guys might see some play or you might want to include them in your winter snowy-themed cubes. Yes. We've got... So, yeah, what, double Rupert? feature time. Um, we got... Well, basically the same character featured on two cards. Indeed. Um, we got... A blue enchantment going on in the legendary Snowland. Um, ben, would you like to read out the enchantment? Sure. So we've got Marit Lage's Slumber. One in a blue for a legendary snow enchantment that reads, Whenever Marit Lage's Slumber or another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more snow permanents, sacrifice Marit Lage's Slumber. If you do, create a 2020 legendary Marit Lage Black Avatar creature token with flying and indestructible. 
And there it is. It's Marit Lage. And our second card of the week is Dark Depths, a legendary snowland that enters with 10 ice counters on it. You can pay 3 mana to remove an ice counter from Dark Depths. And when it has no ice counters on it, sack it and create a 2020 Marit Lage legendary token. It is a black avatar with flying and indestructible. So Legacy, uh, not staple, but... Uh, a, a legacy <laughs> deck, nonetheless, yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, if you copy Dark Depths with something like Vesuva or um, whatever the other one is, Thespian no, no, Stage... No, no, Vesuva doesn't work. Vesuva doesn't work. Vesuva doesn't work, sorry. If you do it with Thespian... copies as it enters. Thespian oh, Stage doesn't sorry. work. Thespian Stage, then, pardon me. If you copy it with Thespian Stage, um, you don't get the counters on it, and therefore you just immediately get a Marit Lage. But, um, <laughs> yeah which we thought was cool, but also Marit Lage's Slumber, a card that was kind of fun when it was spoiled, but never really got to see the light of day anywhere, I think is really mm -hmm. nice. Just like now that we've got an abundance of Snowlands, like the Snowlands yeah. too are like kind of expensive. So like the fact that they're going to drop in price because they're the basic of the set means, you know, you can probably play your Marit Lage's Slumber. There's a lot more snow permanents that are actually good. Like a blue yeah. deck would love to play, you know, the, uh, the icy manipulator that we just saw that was a snow artifact. And, there is plenty and, more, and it's, it's and it's not like it's some sort of ominous seas that um just get gets you value value later on in the game. Uh, it also just provides continuous value. Yeah, like, like it's tries of itself. It's tries from every snow permanent. Being yeah, so land, your snow lands, whatever. everything else. Like you can, like I think it, like it's not a million miles off. Like say something like search for his Kanta, where like every turn you're just checking out the top card of the deck, saying, "Okay, do I want to draw that? We'll see." Yeah, I think that's pretty close. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah, search for scans is better, but like you know, you get yeah, the sure. vibe and going off. It's a two mana blue enchantment that lets you check the top card of your deck. Um, mm -hmm. Can't complain too much about that. And hey, if you get a twenty twenty, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe try those out in your cubes. Let us know how they go. I think definitely Marlage Slumber in a wintry cube would be great. And then Dark Depths, if you're building that kind of legacy or vintage cube and you want the depths combo in there, absolutely try it out. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on people when they see that land come down. And hey, maybe even just play it as a fair card in your coop and have someone legitimately pay the mana for it or have it be a payoff in a big mana deck. Yeah, I mean, it, it being a snow land still gives it, gives it a spot in... Uh, your yeah. winter wonderlands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I think that's uh, where we're going to leave it off for today. Thank you Thank very you. much for listening. You can check us out on Patreon at the Frog and the Dragon on twitch.tv slash the Frog Dragon. You can also find us on, you know, check out the Commander Lobbies on MGO. We're probably chilling there somewhere. If you want to email us, you can do so at the frogdragon at gmail.com. Come in and ask us questions. And you can also send us a video a voicemail on anchor.fm uh, the frog slash the frog dragon. And you know, let us know what you think. If by any chance you have a second to you know write a review with the podcast on wherever it is you're listening to a podcast we'd love to hear some feedback and just know what we can do to make the show better for all of you guys but much appreciate indeed with that i've been Mengelfoyle. thanks for listening i've, I've been rupert Fee. thank you again for listening see you next time